I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. The Battle of New York was the end of the world. This is the new world. I am a soldier's angel through the eyes of a soldier through the... What were you after? The truth. World peace. I'm a soldier's angel. You've got a hundred men at your disposal. And now... A hand-picked team. In a war of words between... Just call us shield. And yes, they're that good. No one walks away from this battle. Hello, hollers, and welcome to another episode of Agents of Shield Cast. I am Colonel Chaos, aka Chip Sella, and joining me tonight, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing Agent. Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. Cool origin story, bro. <laughs> but I don't give a I do shit. Have, <laughs> I do have... You should have said that. <laughs> I do have the best origin story. Someday you know, when we have hours and hours of time, you can tell your origin story, Andy. Yeah, we always talk about this when we have hours of time. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it happening. Maybe if you goes away, like then then we'll do all these things. But I... Um, much as I much as I keep saying that it's going away, the episodes keep getting better. So it makes me think that it's going to stay. I hope so because the episodes are becoming better in quality, so or more consistent at least. I hope so. So, uh, Andy, uh, where we start? Well, first of all, what have you been up to? Anything? I mean, we only recorded a few days ago, so... That's uh, right. It was only a nothing. couple of days ago. <laughs> Absolutely nothing Marvel-related whatsoever at all. I have been thinking about trying to get back into reading more comics, but I have not gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I always want to. Because what, what, I've been, what I've been finding is that when I'm like watching like some TV shows... You know, sometimes you get like you get bored of them, and I know you play Puzzle Quest on them. I usually play my Vita, but there's like there's nothing really that's gripping me on on the Vita just now. So instead of like playing games that I'm not enjoying on the Vita, I could instead read comic books that I would enjoy on my tablet. So I don't know. I'm th- I'm thinking about it, but like because I I don't think I've actually gotten to read a comic book for probably six months or so at this point and and, and i miss it but mm-hmm. the the issue with like the issue with comic books is there are so many yeah especially like i mean i like to stick just to marvel but even at that there are so many thousands of books so oh i'll actually i put the call out to the listeners um if anyone wants to recommend to me a book like a, or a series anyway to get me back into reading Marvel comics, or even a storyline. Let me up. Or a storyline, yeah. I mean, I, I have read a lot of them, so uh, feel free to uh, tweet any of them at us and uh, let me know, and I'll, I'll I'll let you know if I've read them or not. I have read a lot of them, but I'm looking for new suggestions. Yeah, and you know, uh, I'm always looking. I, you know, every once in a while, I should probably uh, read a few more than I do. Uh, apparently, you have to update the app before April third. FYI, 
that was uh, there was an update by, today. Why before April third though? Or is, what happens if you don't? I don't know. Pro- you're probably gonna. I don't know what happens, but I just update automatically. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, I mean, like, mine, sure, uh, mine is usually set to update automatically as well, so it should should be fine. I'll check it anyway. Um. Oh, I gotta check it on my other tablet that I don't use that often. Um, speak. You, you mentioned Puzzle Quest, and mm-hmm. I know you get all the updates, but I don't know if you read uh, the tag. The tagline for each update gives a hint to the next character that they're going to introduce. I don't know if you read. Uh, no, I, no, I don't read any of those things because, like, when I go in to play Puzzle Quest, I'm like, okay, I'm going in to play my Puzzle Quest. And then, like, it hits me with this, like, thing. I'm like, this is crap. I don't need to know this. I don't need to know this. Claim, claim, claim. Okay, game. Let's go. <laughs> like, okay. I just want to get, like, when I boot it up, I just want to get into the game. I don't care about any of these things. Oh, although, I, I will say with Puzzle Quest, right, have you noticed, like, uh, they've added in these adverts now? Like, the videos that you watch? Well, see, if you are if you pay for the VIP program, mm-hmm. no, ad, no, no ads. You just get the rewards. Okay, okay, right, because cause I like I just watch the adverts because it gives me like free shit oh, every yeah. now and again. Oh yeah, but like they're always they're always at full volume. So like as soon as it comes on, I I just put the volume off and like don't watch the advert because every single one has been something that I don't care about, like advertising some terrible Transformers game at me or some other crap. Like if I think if they had actually better adverts in it, like for things that I cared about, then it would actually be more beneficial to them. Like, so I think they might need to look at their uh, their uh, advertising, like people who who they're actually approaching to buy ads ads in it, because I mean they could sell actually good they could like promote good adverts in there for like mm-hmm. movies and shit like that. Like I mean you've got Spider Man Homecoming coming out very soon. They should have well it's, to be fair it's not that soon but um, they should definitely have adverts for that coming up when the movie's about to come out. Same with like Thor and. Uh, Guardians. I agree. Um, I don't see. I don't have to see the ads though. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but for us, for us peasants, <laughs> but hey, t- ten bucks a month. Uh, I get. Uh, what do I? Uh, you know, besides getting all the free uh, bonuses each day, uh, I also get uh, at least two legendary tokens. Okay. A day? No, a month. Oh. I get right, two okay. two legendary tokens a month and tons of ISO and tons of CP and a ton of uh hero coins, so it's worth it. But anyways, where I was going with yeah. this, every time they do an update there's a tagline and it kind of gives a hint to the next character. Okay. The tagline on this update it's a magical place. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Could be fucking Coulson. Oh, oh, oh! Actually, the, the new event. Well, no, they'll probably wait until next week. But let me, uh, mm. I'll check. Nice. But yes, so it's but, like, are they really bringing Coulson in? Finally, like I, I'm quite surprised that they brought Quake in before Coulson. To be honest. Uh well, the thing with Quake is she. I mean, she's got powers, you know. I mean, other than Fury, which was a really cool 
edition. Mm. And I actually had one 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 of my early interviews with them. I said, "Hey, what about uh, what about uh, Fury?" And about a month later, he came out because they gave me a funny look. But um, <laughs> so, um, but I mean, you've had a lot of non-powered people before, like Black Widows in it and Hawkeye and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just so if it's Coulson, it'll be cool, and that that'll be next week because they just came out with Baron Mordo this week. Yeah, I, I don't really care about getting him. I already got him. <laughs> I, I want Coulson though. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I still haven't got a Quake. <laughs> oh, okay. I I got her championed. <laughs> <laughs> so, which means yeah, I got thir- at least uh, fourteen covers of her and got her maxed <laughs> at two hundred and se- level two seventy. She starts at two- <laughs> she starts at seventy for those that don't play. But mm-hmm. all right, enough puzzle quests, enough gaming. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, so I can't remember who. Maybe it was Tony Admits uh, this weekend sent me a picture on Facebook of, A, a very cool Stitch uh, statuette, and mm-hmm. he also sent me a picture of a Howard the Duck dorb. Okay, yep, yep. And, I, do you know, I have, I have a dorb. It's uh, Korath from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I saw it in uh, it was a shop called Forbidden Planet over here. Okay, yeah, um, It's basically like... Yeah, it's, it's basically like it's a comic book shop, and they also sell like uh, collectibles and stuff. Um, but they had this on sale, and it was like two pound. Oh, nice! Like, well, he's he's so cute. I have to buy him. Like, I don't have any of the other ones, or like, I don't really have any interest in buying any other ones. But he just looks so damn cute. <laughs> I just had I had to buy him and like put it on my shelf. Well, um, I went. I immediately went to Amazon, mm. and I got the Stitch statuette, of course, because. Uh, <laughs> Actually, it's from the Stitch Studio, of course. Yes. Well, actually, I got to tell you about my uh, Valentine's Day present because my wife uh, surprised me with uh, some awesome stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, I went to Amazon. I put in uh, Howard the Duck Dorb, and it comes it comes in a special bundle, and it's bundled with Cosmo. Oh, nice. From Guardian. Uh, a Funko Pop of uh, Cosmo. So I di- so I immediately picked that up. That that, that the Duck is awesome. <laughs> I don't and reckon- that Cosmo I don't That reckon- Cosmo is really cool as so. well. Yeah. So uh I, I, was I, I would actually say, I'd actually say the Cosmo is almost Better than the Howard, actually. The Cosmo is awesome. Like that's one of the yeah, best he, like pop yeah, funkos that I've ever seen. Awesome. He yeah. is pretty awesome. So I was psyched to get that. Um, ooh, there's a whole Dorb set. It's a, yeah, it's a little too expensive. Um, but uh, my, you know, yesterday was Valentine's Day and. My wife tried to surprise me like I tried to surprise her, but uh, we both failed miserably. Um, <laughs> I actually, actually, I had uh, we were at the mall and we were in a rush, and I s- said, "Here, take these bags. I gotta go use the restroom quick." Mm. Forgetting that what was in the bag was her Valentine's gift, and of <laughs> course, she had a look in the bag. Of course, yeah. And it was a uh, limited edition uh, Minnie Mouse 
doll. Sort of oh. like a Barbie doll in a yellow and black polka dot dress. Um, okay. So, but yeah, she saw that. So, um, but then she uh, tried and surprised me, except uh, we share the Amazon account and I get notifications when everything ships on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, uh, she got, uh, she got me, first of all, a stitch t-shirt, which says hangry. Because <laughs> I'm always hangry. And yep, yep, I've been there, yep. And then uh she got me uh Disney every year comes out with like a new stitch Star Wars stitch statue. Mm. And I have Stitch Yoda, I have Stitch I have a few of them. But she got me Stitch Palpatine. Oh nice. <laughs> so I was very excited about that, so more stuff for the for the Stitch Studio. I'm out of room in the Stitch Studio, so I don't know where I'm going to put. <laughs> I'm sitting. All this stuff is sitting on our dining room table because we eat in the kitchen, and it's like, where the hell am I going to put this? <laughs> so, anyways, all right. Uh, let's. We only have a little news since we just did a show three days ago. What do we got for news, Andy? Yeah, so I mean, the only, only real bit of news is that. Um, Marvel has announced some of the other cast members for uh, Cloak and Dagger. Okay. So uh, we're going to have uh, Andrea Roth, who was in Rescue Me, and Blue Bloods playing Melissa Bowen, who's Tandy's mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tandy is the, the is Dagger. Dagger, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get these mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gloria Rubin as uh, Adina, uh, who was in ER and Mr. Robot, as Adina mm-hmm. Johnson, who is Tyrone's mother. Uh, Miles Musendon, who was in Bloodline uh, and Queen Sugar, uh, playing Tyrone's father. Michael Johnson. Okay. Michael Johnson was a, a, a sprinter or like a, I don't know, he was an Olympian. Was he not? I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think it's the same character, but you never know. <laughs> uh, Carl Lundstedt from Grey's Anatomy and Conviction playing Liam, who is a townie who operates as Tandy's partner in crime while moonlighting as her boyfriend. That That's the that's an interesting one, and that's, that's the only one that, that kind of intrigued me because, first of all, it's his partner in crime, so does it mean that like she's a criminal of some kind? No, just um, her, you know... The the guy the person she goes out and does shit with, and moonlighting as her boyfriend like yeah it was is, weird how they pr- they phrase that yeah it's a weird phrasing like is he pretending to be a boyfriend or like, what's what's going on there so it'll be interesting to see how that that pans out uh, James Saito from Life of Pi as Doctor Bernard Sanjo who is an emotional cornerstone in Tyrone's life. And you've also got J.D. Evermore from True Detective and The Walking Dead. Not sure who he plays in The Walking Dead. I don't recognize the the actor's name, to be honest. But he's playing uh, Detective Connells, who's described as a contradiction of a man embracing an intimidating persona that overcompensates for a secret he keeps close to the vest. Very vague description with a lot of big words there, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, it'll be interesting. Hmm. I mean, I am looking forward to the show. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, uh, to see it. 
I'm much more interested in, in that one than the likes of Legion. I like Legion. I liked the first episode. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. I can't. I can't say that I'm. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'll, I'll probably get to it at some point, but Do you know, it's one of these ones that I'll end up like uh, once the whole season's out, I'll I'll check it out and I'll probably love it and watch the whole thing. But that remains to be seen. Um, I just I don't think we had any other news stories really. Just uh, well, uh, damn it, I lost the tweets. Hang on. <laughs> Tim Hernandez uh, did tweet us that uh, Mad Mickelson did an interview recently and said he would be interested in bringing back Casilius if they can figure out a way and if if it works. It was like uh, he's not going to turn down work. And I'm sure uh, yeah. most people have a good experience with Marvel. Yeah, most people. Unless you're, uh, what's his name, please, Heimdall. Oh. Or Ed, Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Or Liv Tyler. Or Natalie Portman. <laughs> but she wants to come back now. They all want to come. Well, I think Liv Tyler is coming back, too. They said that she may be coming back as Betty Ross. Yeah, and now that she's her work has dried up, she's like, oh yeah, I played that character in that movie universe that's now absolutely fucking massive. Like, let's see if I can get back in and get my star back on the rise. Um, and get some enough real to her money. That, yeah, get some real money, yeah. Fair enough to her if, that's, if she can uh, pull that off. Like, I mean, Marvel's a good way to sort of relaunch your career. Look at Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that's it for news. Nice short yep. news segment this week. Let's get into this week's episode. And Andy, what is the title of this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? So this is season four, episode 14 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was called The Man Behind the S.H.I.E.L.D. So Captain America's in this episode, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Not. <laughs> the real Captain America, Phil Coulson, <laughs> is, is in this episode. The original. Because <laughs> he has the shield, you know? He's got the shield. He's got a shield. And his shield's, his shield's much cooler than Cap's. I think so. Like, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to carry it about or, like, like stick it to his back with magic magnets. It just comes out of his arm. Much yeah. better. Uh, okay, so that's it. It's a lot easier to get on with... the plane, you know? Uh, yeah, you can secrete yeah. it. You, know, you might have to take his arm off and, like, stow it in the hold. That'd be interesting. <laughs> But no, it's just a, 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 a it's just an iPad shaped like an arm. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so this episode kicks off with uh, Coulson saying, "Well, I'll be," and then punching Daisy in the face. No, uh, he gets punched is, in the face. Oh, well, actually, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, he punches her in the face, which was pretty shocking. I was like, "What is he doing? Why is he punching Daisy in the face? What has happened in the last like week? I don't remember this." like happening <laughs> but uh, uh yeah so we see that they're just actually sparring so we see them sparring and then daisy ends up kicking coles and and he then like sort of uh he sort of flies in midair and then freezes and but it's really funny because like he's frozen in this weird sort of sitting baby pose mm-hmm. but in midair and his head's still moving about <laughs> it just looks so hilarious but yeah it's actually like they're just sparring in vr so it's in 
basically in uh, Fitz's framework. Uh, so they come out of the VR and uh, they mention like how you can feel pain and whatnot inside of it. Uh, they they also uh, discuss the fact that Radcliffe has built a separate, more powerful version of the framework for May because they said it was like a whole world that uh, he'd built for her. Uh, the Shield team then tracks the signal on Mace's suit to a place called Nome, Alaska, I think it was. Yep. Which is a, a funny name for a town. Gnome. Like, I wonder if there are a lot of gnomes there. I didn't see any gnomes <laughs> it's when they went there, though. N-O-M-E. No, but if you say gnome, you need to have gnomes. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so it's gnome. It's not gnome, Alaska. It's gnome. Yeah, but the G is silent, so it, it's the same word. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, so they track the suit. They find uh, this empty warehouse, and they find that in this warehouse there is a whole wall of pictures and maps and uh, bits of cotton thread uh, pinpointed together all around these maps, uh, entirely dedicated to Colson. So Colson has a stalker. Yes, he does. In every film with like a serial killer in it, the serial killer has one of these walls. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. The wall of like, yarn. The wall of yarn. Why do they always use yarn? Why and why do they always do it so old school? Like it's not exactly hidden. Like look at my plan. There it is on the wall. Like and I've even drawn you a map for it. <laughs> like, go ahead. They're psychos, not not brain surgeons. Yeah, I mean, usually, yeah, but th- this one has a bit more thought behind it that we'll, we'll get into later in the, the episode. Um, so we then see the superior uh, who walks up to Radcliffe and tries to take him out of the framework by, like, taking the sort of helmet thing off of his head. But uh, Ada stops him because this would uh, be probably detrimental to your mental state I, I would imagine that like i mean you, you've you've played a lot more vr than what i have but like see if say if you were in the experience of playing a vr game and someone just came and ripped the helmet off your off your head that would be i would imagine that would be incredibly jarring it's 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 jarring when you rip it off your own head yeah but like if you if you weren't mm. expecting it and somebody yeah. just pulls it off your head like it's gonna like give you a massive fright. Like, that's a jump scare mm. right there. Mm. So and I can a raging imagine, headache. Like, yeah, I can only imagine how bad it would be for this level of, like, immersion in that type of VR. Uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna mess with your mind something awful. And so, yeah, Ada, Ada stops him. Um, and she also calls Radcliffe the most advanced human mind of this or any other generation. Like, what? <laughs> I think she's been brainwashed a little bit here. <laughs> I think I mean, she has a crush on Radcliffe. Well, yeah, yeah, there is that. God, but I mean, you look Einstein, Isaac Newton, Galileo. Like, look at all these people, and then you look at Radcliffe. You're like, come on, either. Radcliffe look, created a world, a fake world. You could argue that like any video game developer has created a world. True. You know. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, he's just a game developer, really, at the end of the day. Much as he's made a cool fucking video game, but that's that's all it really is at the end of the day. Um, So uh, Ada pulls Radcliffe out of the simulation, and he seems to be a bit annoyed about it, to be pulled out of his his fantasy. 
Um, he did say what it was, but I didn't quite catch. Even on two viewings, I didn't quite catch what he said because like, the superior basically interrupted him. He's like, I don't care about your bullshit. But I would assume that he is living out his sort of fantasy life with Agnes in the framework. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he tells uh, the superior basically that he's got everything ready to go for the transition and that Ada is acting as his proxy and that everything from this point should be automated and should just let itself happen. Superior, obviously, though, doesn't trust this because he doesn't like machines. He likes men. And presumably <laughs> women as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when he said that, it was like, uh, okay. <laughs> he well, likes men. He might. He likes manly things, you know. He seems to really like man-made things so uh, that are not robots to look like women. Yeah, most um, most yes. guys really aren't into blow-up dolls. No, 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 unless you're Radcliffe. And sure. even he doesn't... He seems to be more into the 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 fake like version of the actual woman that he was in love with rather than the real fake version of her that he's created. I don't know, this is a bit of a weird sentence to say. Uh, we find out that uh, the Superior owns a mining facility which Coulson went to on a mission some time ago. And, and so, like, when they, so they flash up to this flashback and it just comes up at the bottom left corner and it just says some time ago. Yeah, like, my... this is this is vague as fuck. <laughs> my wife actually rewound it because she wanted to see if it gave a time. And she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Some time ago. Yeah, so I, I can tell you when this is in terms of the, the MCU. It's before Iron Man 1. Okay. I, I'm not sure how long before, but it's definitely before that. Because uh, you can tell by, like, Coulson's mannerisms and, like, the way he acts and things like that in, in this. Because he's definitely a lot more... Uh, He's a lot newer to the job than what he is in uh, in Iron Man One, because by the time Iron Man One rolls around, he's an experienced shield agent who is like by the book, this is the job, uh, and he's got all the patter down. He doesn't have that in in this. He's a grizzled veteran. Yes, <laughs> and that's why he's like sent on important missions, like going and uh, essentially pitching shield to like Tony Stark in Iron Man One. But yeah, so this is a flashback to when Coulson was a level four agent. He's trying to like get into this Russian facility to acquire an 084. Um, May shows up to help him out, and at this point, she's a level three, and she's a, a specialist. So of course, she's a specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you not think that, like, although they tried to make her look younger in this, she actually looked older? No, I thought she looked phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, I really old, I was like, no. I thought she looked younger, and I was like, "Wow!" Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought she looked fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't. Coulson looked exactly the same. Yeah, but <laughs> but I, but me, I thought like because I, I don't know if it was a wig or like if they if they just like straightened her hair. It was probably a wig, but I just something about it just didn't look, look quite right for me. It made it made her face look older for me. See, I really thought she looked younger. Hmm. Maybe it's my just my younger eyes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Coulson. Uh, Coulson mentions that he he has game, 
but yeah, his Russian is a little bit off, and he mentions like he t- starts talking about the guy's cat, and it starts to like give the game away, and he has to step in and knock the guy over the head to get into the base. Uh, so in the present day, Shield heads to Russia. Um, we'd see in the the base where Mace has been held uh, that Director Mace uses basically the last of his strength to break out of his chains. Uh, his door is unlocked for some reason, presumably because he was chained up. That um, They're just like, okay, well, he's chained up, you can't get out of that, so let's just leave the door open. Uh, he gets out the door, he chokes out one of the guards that's there, and then runs into the superior, who he tries to arrest. Um, and the superior's like, okay, we'll just come and fight me then. Uh, Mace basically walks up to him and punches him in the chest, and it like has no effect. So Mace come at me, bro. Yeah, Mace's strength is essentially gone. Uh, so I think they actually leave, leave like leaving the door unlocked is more of like a sort of test to him. Yeah, could be to see to see if he's got any like energy left or or whatnot. Um, but yeah, so he's basically used the last of his strength already. Uh, tries to punch the superior and superior. It just kind of, I mean, it, it would have been better almost if he laughed at him, like a bison laugh from Street Fighter, and then just like knocked him out. Well, you but know, he, it made me think: is uh, the superior enhanced somehow? Um, I don't think he's actually enhanced, but he he's kind of he's peak human okay, physical yeah. condition. Which, which I mean, like I mean, you see these bodybuilders and that, like you can, you can get to like ridiculous strengths even without like the use of any like steroids or anything like that. Just with like physical conditioning and training and like the right diet and so that, you can get to like ridiculous levels of strength and uh, durability and whatnot. Not that I would know anything about that, but because <laughs> I would certainly not put myself in any of those camps. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Firm supporter of the slug life, as you know. Yes. Hashtag slug life for the win. <laughs> uh, so we then see back over at the shield base. Uh, Mac mentions uh, he, he goes into the, the framework and then when he comes out of it, he's, he mentions that he likes video games. Yeah. I don't know what video games he, he really likes. I'm sure we've seen him play Halo before. But I'd like to know like Mac's top 10 games. Like someone should make an article, Max Top Ten Games. Or he could come on the ball gaggies next year. Yeah, he can come on the ball yeah. gaggies and tell tell us his top ten games. That'd be awesome. Um but he does mention that the framework is a bit too much, so it's a bit too realistic for a game. Um at gate like video games will get to this point at some <laughs> stage where like you'll go into VR and you'll be like, Oh shit, this is too real. Like I can't I can't do this. Like, I don't know if some people have felt that with, like, Resident Evil 7 in VR. Mm-hmm. Like, it, although, I mean, it's not quite, like, completely re- photorealistic graphics. It's realistic enough to feel real-ish. So, like, when when you're getting, like, so absorbed into it and then you get those jump scares, like, people are getting really, really scared by it. So, it's... if you're into scary horror, horror games in VR, that's one to check out. If uh, Without going into a video game uh, segment here... Um, the VR is intense. I mean, it just, uh, it takes whatever you've played in the past and just, uh, amps it up. Uh, Mm. you know, whether it, whether it's a platformer like Lucky's Tale or, uh, uh, Lovecraftian adventure like Edge of Nowhere, Mm. 
it's, you know, there's a reason why I am a big supporter of VR at this point. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive future in gaming for VR. Massive. It's, um, uh, I would, it, I, what it is, is tiring. Um, you get, mm. oh, I, yeah. I, I find it to s- such an intense experience that, uh, you got to stop after a while mm. just because it's, it's, it's just, just because of the intensity. So, all right, enough on the games. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so when, uh, when Max says that basically Fett says it's not a bloody Oculus Rift, it's a training exercise, which I thought was hilarious because obviously the Oculus Rift is a virtual reality gaming headset yep. that chip owns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that uh, uh, analogy when they had it in there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, because, I mean, obviously this is very close to, like, the VR stuff. And uh, this is just becoming, this is really just becoming topical in the last couple of years or so, where it's becoming a bit more mainstream now. Um, where they've got the price down and they've got consumer models and things like that out. So, but I think that a lot of people like that reference would have fallen completely flat on them. They'd be like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is an Oculus Rift? Like, oh, this sounds like some cool space science technology. And then people will go and look up, like, Oculus Rift Marvel and then find that are like they're like oh like it's a gaming headset all right okay but yeah uh okay so uh, mac also mentions that fitz built a matrix prison and now me is stuck in it like in brain scan now obviously that's a reference to like the matrix mm-hmm. the movie the movie series uh and and i believe brain scan is a movie as well well i have never seen it i don't know Probably an 80s, 80s uh, robot movie, <laughs> knowing Mac. <laughs> but I have never seen Brain Scan, so. Uh, Fitz does mention, though, that he created the framework as a tool, essentially, to help agents train. Uh, Mac, however, blames Fitz at this point for, like, the troubles they're having at the moment, because it was him that built Ada, as well as, like, created the framework, or at least the, the sort of idea behind the framework, and the coding and stuff. Uh, and he does. He tells Fitz to think about the implications of what you create. Um, Mac also, in the amongst us, basically compares him to Radcliffe and says that he's starting to sound like a mad scientist, which Fitz is a bit kind of upset about because, like, he he does feel like a bit betrayed by Radcliffe because Radcliffe essentially like stole their combined idea and used it for evil. Uh, Fitz does kind of like try to justify it by like mentioning how. Like, pe- people do create amazing, like, science, like electricity, used to run hospitals, but, he, and I didn't quite, like, get his analogy, I think he could have done something better with it. Like, electricity is used to run hospitals, but it's also used to electrocute cr- criminals. But, I mean, like, both of those are kind of providing, like, a still a, a service to society, even if you don't agree with capital punishment, like, it's still, it's like a thing. But, like, you could have used something else instead. Like, electricity is also used for I don't know, some evil thing. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure he could have come up with something better. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, so Matt compares him to Radcliffe, which <laughs> I thought was a bit unfair, because, like, Mac and Fitz have always been, like, quite good friends, and for Mac to come out and, like, say this to Fitz is pretty hurtful. 
Mac is in a weird spot right now. Mm-hmm. Very weird spot. He's having a hard time with, you know, last uh, season or the season before, he was anti-Inhumans. And this season, he's anti-tech. But that's because the tech that they have created uh, has been, uh, has killed people. Like yeah, Ada. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's backfired on them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't, like, it hasn't shown them that great results either, like, for the positive side. So, like, when you're weighing up the pros and cons of it, like, the con column is way, way bigger than the pros column at the moment. Because all, all the, the, sorry, Ada programs managed to do is, like, it saved Fitz and Simmons one time. And it's gone on and killed a bunch of other people and, like, caused this whole, whole LMD situation and everything. So, yeah, he's, he, although, like, he might be being a bit harsh, it's kind of justified when you look at the actual evidence of mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, but, look, Mac is a kind of old-school guy. You'd think he would get on well with the Superior. Like, see when the Superior, like, sees his shotgun axe? He's going to be like, oh, my God, you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could see like, the, two, is, the, two of the, <laughs> the two of them could be sitting down and having drinks, talking about all yeah, this definitely. technical bullshit and these enhanced humans and, uh, you know, what happened to going to the gym to, and, uh, you know... <laughs> When I was a kid, we'd have to go to the gym and lift weights. We didn't uh, have Terrigen Mist to turn us into superheroes. <laughs> this will be the, the final sort of confrontation at the end of the series. We'll just be Mac and the Superior arm wrestling with there a beer. <laughs> and, and some shady redneck pub. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so Coulson, Mac, Daisy and uh, some of the shield red shots uh, then head to Russia. Now, we see in the past, uh, Coulson and May explore uh, this facility uh, to try and find uh, this OE4 that they're looking for, which they don't tell us what it is, which no. always annoys me. But but I, it, I think it's like leaving a little bit of a thread dangling there where mm-hmm. we might find out what that is, like maybe like right at the end of the season, but like see this flashback come back again and actually see them say open up the the briefcase and give it to fury and it will be some item that we've seen before somewhere i I don't know whether it would necessarily be like an infinity stone or like i remember like that cube thing the shield cube or something right yeah something like that some MacGuffin that we've we've seen kicking about before somewhere imagine it was like imagine it was an infinity gauntlet like how cool would that be yeah, I don't. That would be cool, but it's not. That's in Thor. They're not going to put well, the yeah, last Infinity but, Gauntlet in the last Infinity Gem in Shield. Well, not the, not the Infinity Gem, but like if they had the Gauntlet, oh, the and gauntlet. obviously this, yeah. Well, even the even the Gem, like if you remember, though, like this is set before Iron Man one, so really they could throw anything in there, and then they could. They, I don't know. They necessarily have to show how it got to where it went. Like, it just happened to end up in Odin's throne room or, like, with Nick Fury or whatever. But I don't know. Like, that's very much speculation, and I, I don't think that that will happen. It will be something probably more related to, to S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, okay, so Coulson makes all the facility to find this item. Coulson uh, tries to maintain eye contact at all times, <laughs> he says. And, like, he's trying to, like, keep his eyes on May's eyes, and he can't do it. 
<laughs> this I is a little goofy. I, I, but the banter, the banter between the two of them was great. It was, yeah. And it was a lot more, like, it, it was slightly flirty, but it was more kind of like... It was very it was fun. flirty. Well, well, yeah, but it, it was more kind of like fun, like two like friendly shield agents who are on a mission together and just mm. trying to not quite like make light of the situation that they're in, but like trying to like have a bit of fun whilst they're doing their job, mm-hmm. which is is the best way to do your job. Not all jobs you can do that in. Like if you're a call center worker, you can't really have any fun with that. You need to be described, sadly. Um. Not that I'm a call center worker. I, I, I have done it though. Horrible. Okay, so he tries to maintain eye contact. Um, they, they do mention here though that they were undercover at one point as husband and wife and that Coulson took two minutes to unhook May's bra. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they mentioned like how about... Uh, how they were taught differently in the like the academies that they went to and whatnot. Um, and May says that she was taught to commit to the mission all the way. And what that says to me is that she was quite happy to go all the way with Coulson, and Coulson was not happy to go all the way with her. Coulson, Coulson is showing his nerdy geek shy side. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, it's also mentioned that she goes through men like paper towels. Yes. <laughs> um, and Coulson's like, yes, yes, I, I've... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently he's heard that about her. So there's <laughs> been some gossip. <laughs> so May was a hoe. Well, I mean, she's uh, she's young and enjoying herself. She's uh, more than welcome to do it if she wants. Uh, as anyone is. Um... But she does mention that she only dates civilians basically until they start asking questions. And Coulson is, uh, is, seems to be familiar with this. Yeah. And I don't know, it's unclear whether or not he's dating the cellist at this point, but I would say probably not, because it didn't seem like he'd been with her for that amount of time, like when Avengers comes around, which would be several years later. Yeah, and what, and what happens at the end... Uh... Seems to say that he would be open. Uh, at the end, yeah. she says if if things don't work out with the uh, the guy she's seeing mm. now, uh, maybe they they should try and hook up. And he seemed good with that. So I'm going to assume that at this point, yeah, I know I'm spoiling. Sc- screw, <laughs> screw it. Um, but I yeah, think so yeah, I, I think it, yeah. I think we kind of got to bring it up so just based on. Uh, if, if he was seeing the cellist, I don't think he would be dropping the cellist just to go out with May. He doesn't strike me as being that cavalier. No, 100% not. Coulson is quite clearly a one-woman type of guy. Like, it's, it's very clear from his character. Yeah. Even at this, even at this sort of early stage of his career, he's not like a he's not a Tony Stark. Like, no way. <laughs> yeah, he's not a player. No, he's not a player. Unlike me, who seems to be a player. Uh, okay, so we then see that the uh, the superior is talking to uh, Mace, who's like all all chained up, um, and it's, he mentions like how he used to admire his own father until he started hanging out with some guy who inherited all his money, 
Uh, basically, he admired his father because his father was like a self-made, well-off or mm-hmm. like well-off-ish person. He worked hard and he made his made his money, um, and the superior respected him for that until the point where uh, his dad started hanging out with this guy who'd inherited all his money from his own father's like company or whatever, and and then the superior didn't like this because he saw this guy as being scum and he saw his dad as being even worse for like basically sucking up to scum. Like he's got a very warped sort of sense of the world. The superior does. Yes. And, and I mean, you could you could argue like his thing against the Inhumans is kind of like it's kind of like borderline racism almost because he's just against them for really no reason. Being what they are. Yeah, I mean, they don't seem to have ever done anything bad to him. Maybe they have, and we just haven't found out about it yet. But he just seems to be against them all for because of who they are. Which is, uh, well, yeah, I think that's probably the inherent definition of, of being like racist. Mm. So yeah, he he has, however, realized that uh, Director Mace is not an inhuman, but is rather a fake inhuman. So this is why he's obviously bringing up his like the situation with his dad. He, he sees uh, he sees Mace as being basically even worse than an inhuman because he's pretending to be an inhuman. Uh, and at this point, he cuts him with a knife. So he just like takes a knife and like stabs it a little bit into his shoulder, just just the tip. Uh, and to be fair to Mace, he actually takes it like quite like a man. He, like, he's not screaming for pain and asking screaming pain and asking for him to stop or anything like that. He's just like grinning and bearing it. Basically, obviously he's in pain, but. Um, but he does mention that, like, because uh, May says, "Oh, they sh- I believe that like Coulson and that, and Shield will come for me," and the superior's like, "Yeah, that's the plan." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> shit." So uh, Ada and uh, Superior then have a wee chat, and Ada mentions that the preparations for the trap are nearly complete, uh, and. And they have a, a kind of interesting chat about her not being able to have opinions because she's fake. And he does a weird thing where he strokes her face and and then kind of walks away. And she then touches her necklace after he leaves. And, and mm-hmm. like throughout that whole scene, she's like t- completely deadpan, like looking straight ahead, like acting exactly like you'd expect her to act. And then she just, it's almost like she sort of breaks character when he leaves. And like looked down at the necklace, and it's almost like she's starting to again, like we mentioned last week, show that little bit of emotion in there. So I, I think there's something in that because, like, through the episode, we'd seen her a couple of times as well, like kicking on like uh, Director Mace's cell, and just like see her kicking through the window and like l- looking at him while he's like writhing in pain and stuff. And you're like, is she showing like empathy for him? It's it's hard to tell because you can only see like a brief shot of her face. But this, I think, there's something in this. That mm-hmm. some, something will happen and she'll go against something somewhere. Tur- turn good again. Um, but I, the, we'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a wee bit. Um, so in... Uh, yeah, so I kind of thought that it was like the, the possibly the Agnes persona almost starting to seep into her a little bit. Because if he's based the... If he's kind of based her on Agnes... Then parts of her like personality and whatnot will be embedded in her code, so there will be like aspects that might start to seep through a little bit. 
Okay. Especially with her like putting on the necklace and things like that, that's going to trigger things within like the Agnes part of her that will start to come to the surface a little bit more. I think. And I think you'll see that in her facial expressions, mm-hmm. like as the episodes continue forward. We'll see. I think that's kind of the way it's going, though. So in uh, in Russia, Shield finds nothing but four dead bodies and a phone. Uh, the superior calls and speaks to Coulson and basically uh, claims that Coulson had these men killed. And now the the four like dead people have been dead for a long time. They're like wearing like Russian military type uniforms, um, and they're all skeletons essentially. Or very high, heavily decayed bodies. Uh, we see, then see a flashback of some Russians showing up at the base. Uh, it's four people, and May says uh, four guys at once should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Colson's like, no, 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 no. I'll stall them. You get the wait for. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so like basically, these guys failed in their mission to stop shield and were ended up being killed because of Coulson uh, the superior in the present day threatens to kill the shield people much in the same way as uh, these guys were killed Like, and these guys were his basically his comrades uh, he was part of this like unit uh, and at, now, at this point he mentions to Coulson that behind shield and behind Nick Fury and behind Stark uh, behind all of it is Coulson uh, allowing these alien threats to enter our world. So basically, he thinks that the sort of management structure of Shield, or like, or all of this whole thing, goes like Coulson at the top, and then Nick Fury, and then Tony Stark, and then like everyone else. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that that that's fine. I I like this view. This view is good. And I mean, Coulson is technically in charge of Shield right now. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even uh, if it's sort of by proxy. Well, yeah, uh, he. I, I mean, I don't know how much longer he can stay in the shadows if he if he's even in the shadows at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to need to address that at some point, but it's it's going to be interesting. I think it depends very much how this season shakes out as to what gets revealed and what doesn't. Uh, so. Uh, meanwhile, Fitz has uh, managed to find uh, the code trace for Radcliffe's framework. He thinks it's in China, but the signal that he's found is actually being pinged from many different sources all over the world. It, and what this kind of reminds me of is like if I don't know if you remember this, but you used to be able to uh, choose to put your PS3 into a mode that would uh, donate computing power, yes, yep. like <laughs> resting. Yeah, I'm sure it was to compute, like help cure cancer or something like that. Cure cancer and search the universe yeah. for life. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so yeah. like it kind of reminded me of that. So yep, that's exactly uh, what I think, thought of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things like this have been done before, uh, but Fitz does mention that this um, makes the actual location that Radcliffe's framework is physically based in impossible to pinpoint. Unfortunately, so that's another dead end for them. Uh, Coulson comes in and basically tells them to find it, uh, find something, anything. Uh, because we don't leave our people behind. Uh, basically, Coulson is getting pretty desperate at this point. He's obviously getting very worried about me. Um, we see again the flashback. Coulson mentions to these Russian guys that 
it basically tells them that there's been like a bio leak and uh, they can't go into the building and gives them some fake paperwork, which I assume he just has this bit of paper that he shows to everybody because he's done this before. Like, uh, it's probably, it is probably, uh, custom made for the, for the mission. Possibly. Yeah. But (laughs) I just like to think he's got this one bit of paper that he's just like, typed up on like back then it would be like a apple mac or something uh or in the early imax typed it up and went boop this will do this is a catch-all i'll just keep this in my pocket just in case and then pull it out anytime and so he does mention though to those russian guys that he might he's sensing some sexual tension between him and may and he might ask her out <laughs> like, okay like that's a bit of an overshare, and uh, the, the Russian guy does say to him, "Like, oh yeah, you Americans talk too much." <laughs> and I was like, "Just go and listen to the B team, <laughs> <laughs> especially the ball gag is show. There's a lot of talking there." <laughs> but to be and fair, the guy who be... does a, at least a three-hour show a week. Yeah, well, exactly. I know. Yeah. That's what I was, yeah. was going to say there. I was like. Uh, to be fair, especially in recent times, we've probably done l- more longer shows than, than you guys. We were probably much worse for that. Oh dear! The amount God. of like after shows. Uh, to, actually, to be fair, the last few weeks has not been so bad. But there was a time when every episode was like ending up like four, five hours long. Sometimes it was mad. But uh, yeah, basically, these this Russian team has uh, been sent to retrieve the 084 item as well at any cost. Um, now at this point, me manages to retrieve the 084 and speeds off with it in, a, in the car, leaving Colson behind. And the Russian guys are basically like, "Well, the cost is you." <laughs> uh, back in the present day, we see uh, Daisy finds that uh, the uh, that basically uh, the superior is based at this old submarine base, which was decommissioned, and uh, obviously we know that he has a submarine, so it's quite obvious that. They must be in this submarine base. Because the Superior has a submarine, like all good Bond villains. You know, they are coming up with great geek references. Not Marvel yep. references. They're uh, going more mainstream uh, all all season, and I've really appreciated that. Do you know, I don't even think it's been all season, right? I, I think it's become a lot more so since they've come back from the mid-season break. The LMD storyline, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, when there was a Ghost Rider, there wasn't as many. But, like, since they've had into, the, like, the LMD storyline, you've had, like, all these Star Wars references, all these, like, references to the, like, the 80s robot movies, and then all these references in here to, like, James Bond and things like this. Um, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's quite, like, it's more like pop culture with a slant towards, like, because, I mean, James Bond isn't particularly geeky. Uh, but it, it it still falls in the sci-fi sci-fi. Yeah, it's kind of mainstream realm. geekery, if Ma- you will. Mainstream geekery. I'll I'll, I'll accept yeah. that. But like this brand of like this brand of humor type stuff is is perfect for the show. Like it is the perfect tone. Like I, I feel that they finally like hit it like with this type of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like in the second half of the season, I'm like every every time they're, they're dropping in one of these, it hits home. Like I'm like, oh yes, brilliant. That makes sense to me completely. That's great. Like you're mentioning Oculus Rifts and like mm-hmm. 
the, the Bond villains having the, the submarines and stuff like that. And then, like, it, at this point, Coulson says that we we may face opposition, like trapdoors and sharks with lasers. lasers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, but he does say it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what we face. Uh, we're getting our people back. But yeah, like, these type of references are excellent. Like, uh, I, I never expected the show to get to this level of, like, decent pop culture references, but they, they've finally got there. It's still taken like four years, but we're, we're there. We're there. Um, so uh, we also see that uh, Fitz blames himself for these uh, murder weapons, as he calls them. You're obviously talking about uh, Ada and the framework. Now, uh, Simmons, however, like reassures him and says, just because someone uses your ideas for evil doesn't make it your fault for creating them in the first place. And basically Fitz and Simmons plan to and in some way or other, right Radcliffe's wrongs. Um, Fitz, uh, they plan to go along on the mission to see if there's any framework hardware there, because if Fitz can tap into any of it, he might be able to shut it down. Um, meanwhile, at the base of the submarine, uh, the superior gives Mace one last chance to denounce S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, however, he... Uh, he basically says that he believes in Phil Coulson and he believes in S.H.I.E.L.D. However, he does have one regret, and that is not having superpowers to kick the superior's ass with. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's still, got, he's still got some balls, even though he's got no powers. Uh, the superior, like, actually respects that as well. He's like, okay, well, you're sticking to your principles. Fair enough. Like, like he's... The superior's always stuck to his, so you can't exactly uh, belittle this guy for sticking to his. So he's like, okay, fair enough. And it basically says, he, oh, well, I could have forgiven you, but yeah, my, my men can't. So he like basically lets him uh, out of his handcuffs and that, and then lets his uh, watchdog guys in to beat him up, essentially. And once again, Ada is watching. Yeah, Ada's just standing there watching him getting beaten up. Uh, and like it was weird it, it was a weird one because I kind of thought I thought she was going to step in mm-hmm. so she save him here but she just kind of watched a little bit I, d- I don't think she's quite ready to step in to save him yet she's not seen anything quite bad enough like I think that there's going to be a tipping point where like somebody goes to almost to, goes to kill someone and she's going to step in and stop them Because if you remember her original programming, like from Fitz, was to mm-hmm. act as the shield. So there's still, there will still be an element of that coding in her somewhere. So the uh, the shield team eventually arrives at the submarine base. Uh, Mac has a rocket launcher and uses this to blow a hole in the wall because he, he's Mac. <laughs> And the team, like the team, exits through like a quinjet into this hole in the wall. It's pretty awesome. Uh, at this point, the teams split up. So Fitz and Simmons are together, and then all of the others separate and go off on their own with red shots. So that's Daisy's on her own, Coulson's on his own, and Mac is on his own, all going along with different red shots. I, I only point that out because of what happens later. Uh, Coulson, after a couple of minutes, finds a superior, and uh, we then see a another bit of this flashback where Coulson gets bundled into the back of a van. Uh, May rams the van and saves him. Um, Coulson basically thought that she was leaving him behind, like 100% thought that she was gone. 
Um, but these guys back then were the superior's friends, and they were essentially killed because they allowed Coulson and me and the 084 to escape. Uh, he does mention that Mace is here on this location, and and Coulson, uh, when they're talking about like the incident that happened that led to like the, his friend's death, Coulson's like, "Well, I don't really remember this incident, or like what even the thing was that I was uh, tasked with." getting back because Coulson has gone on probably hundreds if not thousands of missions over the years uh, so he can't remember every single one uh, so to him the superior is just another red shirt and he let he did say red shirt which I thought was awesome yep. his superior is just another red shirt who tried to stop him from saving the world so like red shirt uh, we've mentioned red shirt quite a few times but it is like essentially a reference to Star Trek where the red shirts are always the first ones to die and this is where he gives the cool origin, uh, cool origin story, bro. <laughs> and at this point, uh, Daisy enters and uh, quakes the doors off the room, uh, quakes the superior, and then Coulson is like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll just leave her to fight you then. Uh, now, superior at this point says that a butcher doesn't talk to his pigs, but they actually probably do, uh, and, and Daisy sort of Quips back at him. Have you ever read Animal Farm? <laughs> which, which is awesome. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know if you've ever read Animal Farm, Chip, or, or like, uh, I read the, the Cliff movie. Notes. Yeah, so I mean, you know the kind of yep. the rough story, but that's a, that's a great reference as well. Like, uh, Simmons and uh, so Fitz and Simmons get to the the sort of control hub, and they find they do find some like hardware that. It's very old school, but it could potentially be part of the framework. So Fitz decides to like examine it and see if he can pull any data from it. And uh, Simmons, with one of the red shots, go to find Ada. Again, worth noting that they split up here for reasons later. Uh, Mac then manages to find Mace, who's being beaten up by the watchdogs. Uh, and he takes out some of the guys, and Coulson then shows up to help him. And they decide basically to help Mace get out of there. We then see Daisy fighting against the superior, which was quite cool. I mean, he manages all right against her like, in hand-to-hand combat until she starts using her powers properly. And she basically like, whitewashes him at that point. Uh, she sort of quakes him a few times and he gets back up and they fight. And then she ends up quaking him over to near a pillar and then collapses the pillar on top of his head. Now, the only thing, uh, it's like, why did she even bother hand-to-hand, you know? I mean, why not just quake the shit out of him and be done with it? Um, yeah, that that is a question. Maybe she wanted to see if he, if he would give her any information, or she just wants to beat beat him a bit. Yeah, or maybe she was wanting to judge his sort of power set or like his abilities. I don't know because she I mean she didn't kill him, so. No. And it wasn't her intention to kill him either. So yeah, she ends up uh, quaking him underneath a, a concrete beam which collapses on top of his head and uh, immobilizes him for the time being. Uh, Simmons uh, mentions that this place is like a labyrinth when, when her and this guy Davis are going looking for Ada. And uh, he, he says back to her that we might find the Goblin King. Yeah. Which is a reference to the movie Labyrinth with David Bowie. An excellent uh, movie by the way um the end of this episode 
you'll find a song called Dance Magic Dance, which is from that movie. You know, it's an excellent song by David Bowie. Um, but yeah, they don't quite manage to catch up with Ada on time because she's basically just left on the submarine. Uh, the teams all regroup at this point and then they pull out. Uh, they mention that the comms have been spotty or non-existent throughout this mission, so they've not been able to be in touch with each other. Mm-hmm. And when they get back to the uh, when they get back to Shield headquarters, uh, Fitz and Simmons are looking over the the tech that they've. Uh, managed to pull from the control room to see if there's any like connections to the framework and uh, Simmons is starts to have a think about the timetable of the mission and that something doesn't feel quite right and she thinks that there is some time missing um, and so in amongst this uh, we find out that the uh, that at the base when they returned back the uh, LMD detector had been turned off and the system log was deleted. Now, anytime when something like this happens because of Simmons' uh, elevated clearance level, she gets like an email, essentially, or a notification telling her that this has happened. So she digs back into it and manages to pull the feed from when uh, when it was disabled. And she finds out that the LMD detector went off when uh, the SHIELD team re-entered the base. So they... Uh, they look up the picture and they see that there is Daisy, Coulson, Mace and Mac. And there's a caption at the bottom of the image that says LMD detected. And then when they look further into it, there is a little number four to uh, uh, basically say that there were four LMDs detected mm-hmm. in the, in, when that entered. So all four of those people are LMDs. Now, it seems like to Fitz and Simmons, the the uh, basically the uh, Ada and the Superior had switched out their people, whilst Fitz and Simmons were in the basically the uh, the control room. All four of the other people were switched out, so that would be Coulson, Daisy, Mace, and Mac. Uh, and then we we, see, we I think we need obviously to talk about that in a minute, but we'll just I'll just mm-hmm. like fly through this last little bit. Uh, now we see Ada, who confirms that they have replaced the top ops at S.H.I.E.L.D. and also that the superior is not dead just yet, he's just badly injured. Uh, we then see in the flashback, Coulson thanks May. Uh, it turns out that May, May had asked to be put on this mission, mm-hmm. so maybe she wanted to get close to Coulson. Possibly, like uh, th- that's what it seemed to me. Uh, she does mention that she is dating a, uh, a shrink at this point, but she says that she may be tired of dating civilians. And Coulson says that if this one doesn't work out, maybe they should talk about that. Um, essentially saying that, like, yeah, let's go for a drink if this doesn't work out with you. However, we know that it did work out, at least in the semi-long term, with uh, with the shrink, because the shrink is clearly Andrew she's talking about, so she right. did end up getting married to him. So, like, if that hadn't happened, then her and Coulson might have been together all those years ago. Uh, now, we then see at Shield HQ, Coulson wakes up the May LMD and says, we've waited around forever. I think that's long enough. And that was the end of the episode. Now, holy fuck. What? So, the, the, according to this, 
they've switched out and given us four new LMDs in the Shield team. So that would that's Colson, Mac, Mace, and Daisy. Right. And the only people left in the main Shield team are Fitz and Simmons. Yes. Supposedly. So what what do you think of all this? How do you think that shakes out? Because we definitely have to discuss that. Well, you know, I went back. I didn't get to watch the whole episode twice, but I did go back and watch the last uh, 20, 25 minutes. And uh, just once again, uh, as Simmons says, the timing doesn't seem right. But mm. we don't know exactly how much time uh, passed between – uh, you know, you know how much time actually passed there, but yep. I, I, am still having a hard time. When were they replaced? How were they replaced? Now you go back, and as my wife was pointing out, um, if you look at, um, when Colson and Mac burst in and save, uh, Mace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac is hulked out. I mean, he's throwing people around the room. I mean, uh, mm, yep. you know, it borders on super strength at that point because he's, I mean, I that's, mean was it, he's a strong guy. He's a strong guy. He, he is a strong guy, but that was a little bit even beyond what you would expect from Mac. So what, so did they, did they replace and, and you know Colson's uh, do, doing pretty good with the pipe, and uh, I mean we know Colson can fight, uh, but there's some moves there, and it's like okay, were they already replaced? And then they brought Mace, and got the you know the Mace droid, mm. um, or so I'm trying. What we're trying to figure out is when exactly did they get replaced? I have an I have an attendant theory here. Okay. Oh dear God! Uh, so we, okay, so we know that like there's no way that Daisy was replaced before her fight with the Superior can't right. can't have happened because you, an LMD would not be able to produce the Inhuman uh, Quake ability. I, I think I think we agree on that. Yeah, we agree. So so if she was if she was replaced, it would have to be after that, which um, it would have to be basically immediately after she finished fighting the superior and then they replaced her and then uh and then she went back down and met up with the others however my alternative theory right is that there's actually two separate things going on here okay so at the point where uh fitz and simmons go to like the the basement essentially Mm -hmm. i believe that they were both captured and put into the framework and subsequently replaced. And the, what the Fitz and Simmons that we're seeing discussing things and in the lab are actually inside the framework and they've been fed this nonsense into their head that these LMD, that the, everyone else is in LMD to keep them occupied so they don't realize they're in the framework. So that's given them like a puzzle to work through essentially. Whilst the top ops, as uh, Ada puts it, have been replaced at Shield, and we and see uh, Coulson waking up May. That's actually Coulson waking up the fake May in order to like gather information from her. So that's actually two separate like things, is what I think. 
Um, that works until you have. You, there's a couple things that need to be. It it works your theory to some extent. Um, it would explain why uh, Fitz and Simmons aren't able to get anybody on comms. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I, I I'll give you that it's a viable theory. Um, where it gets a little weird is why would Ada be giving that soliloquy at the end? You know, when she's uh, t- telling. Um, the superior even filth has its purpose if uh that wasn't the real world well i think he was i think she was actually talking about him to be honest yeah she was talking about him yeah but that is in that is in the real world like fitz and simmons aren't seeing that like we don't they never interacted with those two characters so that bit is in the the quote-unquote real world it's i would say that it's only the the point the only point which is in the framework that we see in this episode is that bit where it's Fitz and Simmons discussing the fact that there's like a there's a time jump missing here. And because she kind of feels that there's a weird time jump thing going on, like that's why I think that they are in the framework. Because if she was a bit if she thought that the time was off with like the other people, like I don't think she would feel that the time was off. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Just it just just in the way she says it. So I think that Fitz and Simmons in the framework, they've been replaced and that that was actually the real Colson waking up the fake May to try and just work out like where the real May is or to try and get a bit like more information from her. Because at the end of the day, like she does still have like all May's personality and memories and stuff like that. So I'm sure there's some like things that they can garner from her and the time that she spent with Radcliffe and whatnot. Awesome. And that, that 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 end scene is really actually a bit of a red herring to try and make us think that Coulson is actually an LMD when he's actually not. It'll be it'll be easy to tell in the next episode anyway. The the second that we see uh, Daisy using an inhuman power, like she's not an LMD, unless uh, Ada figured out a way to. Uh, replicator powers. There's no, there's no way you could replicate that, like a a, a blast like that. You need the bloody arc reactor. Well, she at one point she's messing around with her gauntlets. But Daisy is, yeah. I think that's just because they're uncomfortable and unwieldy. <laughs> could be. Probably not even in the script. She's probably just like uncomfortable at the the actress where she's fighting. She's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and like people on the internet are going crazy but like oh look she's messing with her gauntlets and he's like no no just not comfortable I just had an itch <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah really good episode I, I thought it was really quite thought provoking and great action scenes uh, actually re- leading into like a really great storyline like from from the sort of origins of this storyline it seemed like it was going to be plodding and slow and like you know, the, who's the LMD and all this, but they've actually turned it into a really solid story. Agreed. Um, I mean, there was a couple of other things I was going to point out, and I'm trying to remember. Uh, you threw me off with your theory. Oh, the other reason why I think uh, 
and maybe this is part of the framework. But the other issue I would say uh, in this episode is how Coulson uh, abandons his people. He says the mission comes first. That's not Coulson. Coulson, you know, is all about rescuing men. Above all else. True. True, but he does he does know that May is like relatively safe in the framework at this point and the fact that he I think he realizes that she's not actually there. Like on that base. She might have been in the submarine, but she wasn't like on that base, whereas May was and he did manage to like like complete half of his mission essentially by rescuing Mace. Mm. And and like like we saw with May May did like take the tactical retreat option, um, in the, in the flashback mm-hmm. where she got she completed her mission objective and then went back and got Coulson when it was tactical for her to do that. So Coulson might be doing the exact same play here, retrieving Mace, jumping out and then jumping back in when it's like tactical for him to get May back. So it could be the exact same play. It could be. I'm not denying it. Um. Okay. Uh, what 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 was? Oh, and the last scene was, or what was the? It was Colson waking up the May, May, and Yeah, and then the scenes from next week uh, showed uh, that the heads, of, basically the four most powerful people in Shield, were now uh, were now LMDs. And that they had taken mm. over. And this is, once again, they are pulling directly from the comic. I think it was called Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. In mm. which uh, Fury, uh, where everybody in S.H.I.E.L.D. got replaced by LMDs and Fury was battling them. <laughs> so. Interesting stuff. And but Yeah, great, great episode, though. Great episode. Great episode, and I like uh, this. Was this comes as a total surprise? I mean, I did not see this coming, and it it, it's made a like you said a mediocre storyline into uh, into a into a great storyline. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did you see this like poster for uh, sort of next week's show? No. Well, they, they so they've got like uh, they've got, they put this poster right, and basically it's uh, it says Agents of Shield LMD, and then it's like a picture of like Fitz and Simmons, just Fitz and Simmons, no one else, and it says together until the, and then in brackets I R, and then end. So like together until the end, or together until their end. Ah. Okay, uh, you, see, you see what I mean? Um, but like I, I R. I think this is like a, a little, yeah, a little hint. Like so, like I R could mean it's so many different things. So like I think that there's like a little hint in there. Like so, if you can work out what the I R is, then that could be a hint towards what's actually going to happen there. I did try and work it out, but uh, I, I didn't have enough time to do enough research. Into what IR could stand for. Like, IR to me has always meant, like, infrared. Yeah, um, in real life, IRL. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Or, like, uh, 
Iridium. IR is the chemical symbol for iridium. Or the chemical letters. Yeah, I... It'll be interesting. I'm, uh... It's there's, going there's to be some, an awesome something, era, so. something in this. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. Uh, and and I'm, I'm so curious as to, like, how, they, how they're going to wrap up this LMD storyline and then top it. Because this has been really good. Like, the, this whole arc has been really good so far. Well, it's gotten good. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it started off as a kind of slow-ish burn, but it ramped up within a couple of episodes... Like, and it ramped up really strongly. Yeah, it went from a stupid robot story into something that's actually interesting. Yep, 100%. So yeah, great episode. Uh, hats off to the guys for that. Definitely. Uh, ratings. Hmm. Meh. It held its own. It's, it's still at a point seven. Okay. At least it didn't go down. No. <laughs> No, and uh, like like you said, ho- hopefully uh, episodes like this bring people back. Because, I mean, it was – not only was it a great S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, but it was a great espionage, rescue caper yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a good story. Yes. Fantastic writing as always. Um, it, it was just a very strong episode and compelling uh, so I, I I really thought this was th- this was you know one of the better I I I I think I like this storyline better than Ghost Rider. I totally agree, hundred percent. Which is surprising because that like going into this season we were kind of like oh holy shit Ghost Rider's coming this is going to be great and Ghost Rider was quite cool and like seeing right. uh, Robbie turn into Ghost Rider was awesome. Right. But the actual storyline they built around it was. It it was decent, but like this is much better. Like the this caliber of storyline here is mm-hmm. far superior to, to the Ghost Rider storyline. Totally agree. Yep. But that's because Ghost Rider and Shield do not mix, and when, that's what I said from day one. I mean, they did a decent yeah. job of it, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, we are talking. Shield is a tech based uh, espionage. Naj agency that specializes yep. in containing uh, meta humans. Uh, basically, uh, when you boil it down to the, the basics, yeah, definitely. And going supernatural, and we still have, I mean, you know, they're using the dark hold as an excuse for everything in the show. Up, oh, it's mm. the fucking dark hold again. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the supernatural stuff just was. Me. Yeah, I mean, they, they did use it as a catalyst to kick this off. Mm-hmm. Basically, give Radcliffe the idea for like the like, or give Radcliffe in combination with Fitz the idea for to build the framework or make it better and the robots and whatnot. But but yeah, like a hundred percent. Like every time they mention it, I'm like, oh yeah, the dark hold. Like we spent like a half a season on that. Yeah, that was a bit of a waste. They could have <laughs> done something better. Yeah, but it's their excuse for this. So, at least yeah. they at least they connected it because it's yeah, all you, connected. Do, oh yeah, it's all connected. Do you, do you know what the like LMD storyline reminds me a little bit of? Do you remember like the Deathlock storyline we had way back in like season one? Mm. With like they had all the the different augments that people had in their eye and stuff like that. 
Okay, yeah. And the people were being controlled and things. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. And, like, although that wasn't the best, like, back then, they've you compare that to now, like, if they'd managed to do this in season one, like, how much of a better footing the show would be on now. Yeah. But it had to grow into, it had to grow into uh, this. Yeah, they had to work out the kinks. It yeah. only took them four years. <laughs> And you, and I mean the characters had to grow. I mean, uh, yeah. If first season Daisy didn't have her powers, no, it's very true. Very true. So, all right, uh, we did the ratings. I think we have one tweet, mm-hmm. and that's from Tim Hernandez. What would Phil Coulson's Facebook picture be? I know what it would be. All right, I have an idea. I'm sure yours is uh, far cleaner than mine, but go ahead. Okay, as as uh, as Facebook picture would be of him cosplaying as Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I figure it'd be him behind the wheel of Lola getting roadhead from May, but uh... <laughs> I don't think Facebook lets you get away with things like that, Chip. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some pretty dark things on Facebook from time to time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think mine is more likely. So, all right. Uh, I guess we're done. Yeah. And unfortunately, Andy, when you're not getting roadhead, where can people find you? <laughs> Let's see um, you get out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me trying not to give Ali Roadhead every Tuesday on 40 to Level 1, uh, live on allgames.com. We broadcast that at 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Grinch Mean Time. We talk over it in uh, movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. And you can find all our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, and allgames.com. Okay. I can be found Tuesday nights as well on allgames.com, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the B-Team podcast with my co-host, Ryan, Eli, and now uh, the sausage party is over. We we have the hostess with the mostess. Uh, Normie Latte has joined the B team as of this week. And uh, I saw your Facebook post of the the, the hot Hobbit, the hot <laughs> Hobbit. Um, she has joined, and we actually review Lego Batman this week. Oh, nice! Because uh, I'll uh, wait until after I've seen it to listen to that. Then. Uh, because both Normie and I saw it, and 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 we get into a Lego discussion too. Oh, because I, I do like a good Lego discussion. Normie, uh, Normie is uh, a huge uh, Lego person. Mm. So, um, and then yes, we get into the usual. Uh, we we've uh, we've changed the format of the show as well. So uh, check it out when you get a chance. Nice. Oh, do you mean that she's literally a Lego person? Like she's yes. made of Lego. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's she's awesome. a she she she's a live minifig. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna have to use that on knuckleballer. Oh, and yes, the other show <laughs> I do, and it's with Eli Normie and Sean Freeman, Knuckleballer Radio, Thursday nights, nine PM Eastern on allgames.com. I do Knuckleballer Radio with Sean, Normie, and Eli. And we discuss pretty much anything. Uh, I I don't know. I, I got a cryptic message from Normie this, uh, 
today that we all have to be have to show up for tomorrow night's show. So that usually means trouble. I haven't mm, gotten one yeah. of her scare packages in the mail though. Normie likes to send scare uh, packages. Yes, but but uh, she has been known to involve the spouses before. Yes, she has. So you never know. No. Um, so it'll. Good be, luck, chap. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she mentioned something about she was eating a box of uh, two-year-old hamburger helper tonight. So uh, maybe she won't be there. But uh, I'm still getting over my uh, stomach bug from Sunday night's show. <laughs> But all right, uh, we will see. Well, actually, I think Andy and I are going to try and do a sweet Christmas Power Hour this uh, this week as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but we, we will either see you there or we will see you next week. And uh, I don't care who's giving you a roadhead. Uh, whatever you do, don't touch Lola. Night, guys. <laughs>